What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Daily Fitness Education. I'm your host Kyle, a personal trainer in the trenches each and every single day. We're going to talk a little bit about some ways in which you can improve the likelihood of shifting a habit. Okay, because I've talked all about habits and why they're relevant. They are not straightforward and easy to work through. Okay, um, the habits are grindy. And I, I said it in the answers to fitness, there is only discipline can help you build a habit. Inside the answers to fitness, I've given you a bunch of stepwise processes, things that you can do to be able to improve your capacity to improve and build habits. Now, there's a world of modern neuroscience around that. Um, but there's also within the compound effect, I've been referencing this book quite a bit because I read it probably every two or three days in my morning. Sometimes I'm bouncing around between, you know, Freud or some business or, um, you know, some relationship books or finance books. Like I, I read a lot of different content, um, different days. I don't like to get too stuck into books, but there is some good relevant content. And this is a little bit more archaic based on the past understanding. It's talking about brain grooves and it's talking about the 21 days to build a habit, which has been disproven. So this book is a little bit older for sure. That being said, there is still some remarkable ideas in here uh, to be able to improve your capacity or likelihood of actively changing your life. Now, just trust, these are just ideas. So if you're not an action taker, I'm gonna throw out the challenge to you. If you don't want to apply at least one of these concepts that I'm going to throw at you today and work on one of your habits, then this podcast might not be for you because all I'm really trying to do is help you with some abstract shit to put into your brain, to teach you about tangible steps and tangible thought processes that can be helpful for you to take better actions to apply your future in fitness. So stay tuned. We're going to dive into some good ideas in how you can be adjusting habits a little bit more dated ideas, but still highly relevant. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Roche, and this is the Daily Fitness Education, the podcast designed to highlight how anyone can become successful in any endeavor at all in life. Learning every day. I'll discuss something that I've learned in the past, something I may have learned that day, or something that I'm about to learn. Through books, mentors, courses, formal education, colleagues, and practical steps with clients, you can listen along through the lens of a personal trainer and the healthy enthusiasts around me and learn from my trials and tribulations as to how to achieve the intangible habits to pursue your own future in fitness. Alrighty, end game addicts. So... When we go into this one, um, I, I like it because I'm pulling in some good thoughts, right? It's not so much that these are 100% accurate, um, but these are some of the pieces that I've definitely been leveraged with and taught by a, a couple great mentors. Um, and you really got to make sure that you set yourself up to succeed. As step number one, um, making sure that you have the right kind of schedule, for your habits, right? Make sure you take the stuff out of your fridge and your pantry. Make sure you have a lifestyle, like you know exactly when you're going there. Now, 
we could talk about the written declarations and a lot more of the neuroscience, but this is more like archaic stuff that's really straightforward and talked about at the highest level of success, right? Change your environment. Number one, change all the things around you. If you're too stubborn to change the things around you, you're unlikely to succeed, right? Like don't sit in a basement with low lighting and, and awful, you know, fluorescent lighting if you want to be highly operational with your brain, right? Sit around, you know, drink lots of water, make sure you're eating well. Like if you want to be an effective intellect and, and, ch and change your life and revolutionize your wealth, it's going to come from your brain. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, lifestyle factors that that I'm talking about. And this is when we start to get into like advanced biohacking and nootropics and different ways in which you can advance your brain processing so that you can remember more and apply more faster and you don't have to lag as much between tasks and you can stay on tasks longer um, and learn to set up different things. Now in the entrepreneur world, I just put my phone on airplane mode, right? People don't get responses from me all day long because I'm not getting notified by them, right? I ignore about 90%, and this is not to discourage the, the listeners, because I know that some of you guys are, you know, are my friends, but I have to protect my focusing time and my processing time. So this is an environmental cue. Now, when we talk about it, you know, in, in relevance to the gym, we're talking about, you know, are you going to the gym at a specific time of day? Are you building it into the land? Do you make it a routine? Do you always go from one task to the other? Are you going from work to the gym? Because if you go home and you sit down, you're done right? Likelihood of you having the cognitive capacity to motivate yourself is unlikely unless, of course, you just make it a thoughtless habitual process. Um, distracting yourself from the displeasure of stuff by adding pleasurable music can help. So we're talking about environmental factors that we can control and change. So we're trying to set ourselves up for success. The second is perception, okay? How you look at something matters. Instead of having to go and work out, you are young enough and healthy enough to be able to go and work out. It's a very different lens, very different concept. The concept in here talks about a gentleman with multiple sclerosis, um, and he has to eat a very restrictive diet. But instead of him thinking about all of the things that he cannot eat, he focuses on all the things that he can eat. Okay, he has all of these different options to be able to eat a wonderful variety of different kinds of food. Yes, it's restrictive. You know, but if you even look at a naturopathic health chart, like my blood work, it's extreme. Mine's extremely restrictive. Not extremely, but there's, I can't put aloe vera on me. I'm allergic to aloe vera and people are like, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, it is weird, man. It sucks though. You know, that was a big thing, you know, to be able to uh, save yourself from sunburns, but it's actually not helping my skin or making me healthier. So um, third after we figured out that the perception makes all the difference, and I'm skipping past this one super quick, don't don't underrate that one. These in order are probably the most impactful. Um, accountability, okay? You posting, telling people about your shifts in habits. You talking about quitting smoking, or you talking about um, eating less, eating more, exercising more, exercising less. Tell as many people as possible about your goal, so the friction of you letting them down around you will be harder for you to resist the action. You'll be more tempted to create bias by having more people involved. When people ask me about what I'm working on, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be very successful. I'm going to help a ton of people improve their function and their, and their moving and their well-being so that when, you know, people 
when I act, I'm always in that perpetual state of action. I've, you know, and we're not talking about the reticular activating system today. I have jammed my brain so full of this stuff that this is all I think about. What you focus on grows. The people you spend time with are the people you become. The thoughts you put into your head is the person you become. Now, people think of it a different way as if like there's somehow something wrong with them. And I'm like, no, you're probably just in a, in an environment that is not conducive for awesome outcomes. As such, this is why I've created the Endgame Training Journal because it's unbelievable to condition your brain. I know this because I am unbelievably conditioned towards and a bias towards action. I did not have the same momentum or ambition or, you know, care. I care way more about people now than what I did 10 years ago. I'm far kinder. I really got to work on my swearing. My girlfriend says that my podcasts have too much swearing and she's probably right. So I'll try and dial it down for you. But sometimes you just got to get zealous and throw a couple F-bombs out there because it enunciates the point. Anyways, so the accountability is a big factor. I have worked to have accountability both in um, in life, but then success buddy, okay? Um, so far, I feel like I've been doing my best with these and can probably still go through them and try and audit my life again. Um, and trust that everything that I offer you are things that I actively apply to myself, right? So I don't... I'm not just throwing out stuff and being like, hey, here's products to make your life better. I'm like, these things have actively made my life better and I'm marketing them to you in an intense way because they will for you too if you use them. It's, just, it's simply just a hammer. You need to drive a nail in, you need a hammer. You need to change your mindset, you need a journal. You need to change your lifestyle, you need to learn about what things to change and how to change your habits. You want to change your physique, you got to exercise more, right? I'm not I'm not shortcutting this any more um, than possible, but I'm trying to give you the tools and I've, that I've sharpened over the course of 10 years so that you can be, be effective. Uh, a success buddy. This is my business partner, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, we're that weird. I'm that weird. But if you've been following me long enough, you know I'm that weird. Um, accountability is unreal with a success buddy. You guys are both hunting at the same time. And yes, you could say, oh, you know, my, my partner fell off. That's your chance to hold them accountable, right? They fall off. You don't give up on them. You say, hey, bud, pick your, pick your shit up. Let's go. Sorry, I swear a lot. Um, we got to work on this. I'm your success buddy. You're not giving up on me, right? I will not give up on you. You don't give up on me, but you do it in a kind way. Tone is everything, people. How you treat others matters, okay? Let's just be real. How you treat others matters. End of statement. I, I'm I'm improving on it as we speak. I'm not I'm not the guru of this stuff, but I'm saying it doesn't not matter. Don't treat yourself and don't treat others poorly. Number five, competition and camaraderie. I compete at everything. Like I am just unbelievably competitive. So I try not to discourage people as I win. <laughs> I lose a lot too, you know, I fail. But I don't let it, it doesn't hinder me in the slightest. Every time I lose at something, I don't know what it is. I think it's probably just been, you know, from the conditioning of these, of like my lifestyle and the journal and um, all the entrepreneur stuff I've read. But I don't even feel a loss as a failure anymore. It used to bug me a ton when I was in college. Losing volleyball games destroyed me inside because I came from a team that, uh, that typically won quite a lot. And now, um, you know, now it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, at least not much. I kind of just want to play again and keep playing until I win. <laughs> but 
And then the last one, uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Now, this is this is convoluted. I just finished reading uh, Grinding It Out by Ray Kroc, the guy who built McDonald's. And, you know, I did observe, I did observe that Ray Kroc was a work animal. Um, and I did, he, he did call it Grinding It Out. Okay. I also observed that he went through a couple marriages. Um, he said, all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy, but lots of work and learning to love your work makes Jack a rich boy. <laughs> he said something like that, you know, um, and it was that same kind of saying, but I would say 90-10, right? If we, if we go into how I articulate this and kind of take a lens through me, I wouldn't say, you know, celebrate more than 10 to 20% of, um, you know, at all. 80-20 is a good balance. 90-10, just because I'm an elitist, and, and I'm saying I'm an elitist and allowing all things in my life. And when I say 10%, I'm talking, you go to a cottage, you drink some beer. You, you look at your, you know, naturopath chart. That's the purpose. Like, I'm intense about my health, at least the healthy choices. But I'm also like, you're a human, right? Um, and with that 10%, we're going to touch on that in a second um, because I think that's relevant. But the 10%, um, should be whatever you want it to be. If it's a true 10%. Now, I liked a really good suggestion that I read in this book this morning. Um, you know, he talks about like, you know, change is hard and how it's hard to do and ultimate measures and, um, you know, be patient and having, you know, habits take time. And that's great. So we just went through those six different things. Um, it was, you know, set yourself up in the environment, right? It was to, uh, think about the things that you're able to do, not what you're limited on. Uh, go for public displays of accountability and try and find people to hold you accountable. Um, find a success partner or an accountability partner is what I call them. Uh, competition and camaraderie are unreal. Um, celebrate. Party. Celebrate. Celebrate. Okay. Um, and that 10%. So what I wanted to say here and what I'm challenging myself of because the current struggle that I'm going through, I had a vice of when I was in high school of smoking. Now, when I went to college, I would smoke a cigar every other week, right? And then it got bad at only one point when I was depressed in college. And I ended up smoking probably about three a week, three, four a week. Um, and that was, you know, the worst it got, four, five a week. Um, so that was like a cigar every day. A cigar all day will kill you, right? Um, and... I went away and to May 2-4, and I usually have a couple cigars. Now I had four, okay? And this is my current thing. I've always been able to keep that at bay and control it whenever I need to control it and enjoy it whenever I want to enjoy it in 90-10. Now, you know, whether you inhale or not, like I don't inhale a bunch, it's not, you know, but it's still not a healthy habit, just like eating Doritos. Now, um... Recreationally, I don't care how you spend your time. That 10% does not matter to me. If you're a drug addict and, you know, used to be a drug addict, but now you like, I'm not saying this is the right thing, people. Don't get all confused as to what is right and what is wrong. Inside the brain, everything addictive is just dopamine. On the outer surface of societal expectations, cocaine is better or worse than the cigarette, and cigarette is worse than a bag of potato chips. And, you know, but to the body and to the brain, every thing that sparks pleasure is dopamine 
Okay, the brain does not differentiate between habits. Only people do, right? Um, we know that cans of soda are likely killing more people than cigarettes, yet there's no warning labels on cans of soda, right? Um, so just, just be mindful as I say things here. The reason why I can throw out and say, if your thing is cocaine and you want to do that 10% of the time and actually truly have it as a 10% of the time, it's not my thing. I've already told you my vice is smoking cigars, right? Um, and I have some pizza and I have some, you know, uh, some <laughs> peanut M&Ms. That's my 10%. But my 90% is naturopathic charts. It's biohacking and getting my brain to be super functional. It's making sure that I'm drinking three liters of, you know, a gallon of water a day. Um, that's my healthy, right? It's far healthier than the vast majority of the planet. And I don't mean that to judge. I just mean that to be realistic for you. My 10% is whatever I choose it to be. Because mindfully, I know that anything unhealthy is just dopamine. If you see it as anything else, I would encourage you to look at it differently. Because instead of judging yourself or judging others or shaming yourself or shaming others, you can now come from a place of empathy, be kind to yourself and be kind to others as they struggle. We are all results of our experience, which means you are likely to have the addictions and the associations that were taught to you as okay or cool or to be accepted in your youth, right? It's only interesting to see that my father smokes quite a bit. Only interesting to see that a drug addict's friends are also drug addicts, right? It's, it's powered by association and there's a lot to be mindful of. So before you judge, right, you be mindful as to what made someone who they are. And I believe, I believe this is where meditation comes in. I know this is, I'm going down every possible trick in the book, but I meditate a lot and I didn't have these thoughts and perspectives long before I meditated. Um, but after, you know, years and years of meditation, the truth is that you have a lot, a much deeper empathy for others. It's hard, it's hard to explain why um, in, in a podcast. But I would say that you feel a lot more interconnected with others because you can see from a mindful perspective that we're all going through the same shit. It's remarkably helpful in my coaching because I don't judge people as they come in. I'm just seeing them where they are and helping them for what they struggle with. And at the end of the day, it's not about gender roles or titles or acronyms or whatever the, the pronouns or it, it doesn't matter to me. We're all just functioning, trying to survive emotionally in a world that's so unbelievably chaotic emotionally because no one really understands and looks at ourselves from a microscope. Physiological beings and emotions are chemicals in the brain. Yes, they're real. I'm not saying ignore them, but I'm, I'm not saying to adhere to them and address them always and act irrationally based on them. Either way, folks, that was a killer list today. Uh, thank you, Darren Hardy, for being such a rock star and writing this into a book that we can all study from the compound effect. I go into a little bit more modern neuroscience about some stuff that's statistically uh, far more likely for you to improve your habits in the answers to fitness. So if you've yet to check one out, grab a copy. Um, I've compiled the things that I think are the most unbelievably effective for you to condition your mind, your lifestyle, and your body into the best possible shape so you can improve your future in fitness. I'm super excited for you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for tuning in today, and I'll see you in 24 hours. Peace.